When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host... Jeff Cesario. Welcome to Play With Pain. It's raining today and it's election day. So a lot of things going on. That's a lot of things for Los Angeles. Rain and an election. Uh, so I'm very pumped. I voted. I didn't get it high enough on my... I'm going to have to Ooh. put it right there. There we go. I voted. I got to drop it off in a lockbox somewhere that I'm sure will be patrolled by... Uh, Someone with a high-powered rifle. Uh, my guest today uh, tackles college football with the same zest that he tackles a plate full of Arthur Bryant's barbecue. Welcome back, Andy Staples. Andy, how are you? Your your I voted stickers in California much more theatrical than ours in Florida. It, you would the expect I voted that. budget higher in California, apparently. <laughs> uh, do you have one? Are you wearing one? Let me see. I, I, I am right there. That little oval right there. Oh, so you can barely yeah. see it. Yep. That's the generic uh, I voted. Oh, yeah. We, we got them at Costco. Yeah, in California, they get uh, like Oscar producers to design them. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to pay. It's, it, it's the I voted times Dior right, crossover right. event. Yeah, the there's, a little, there's a little checkbox on your ballot if you want to donate a dollar uh, to the uh, – <laughs> to the little sticker fund uh listen we're gonna talk some uh sports and some food probably maybe something else we'll see then we'll get out of here um let me pay the bills first i I found a sponsor andy uh magicmind.co i don't know if you've ever done like uh energy energy booster not an energy drink Mm. like a little shot of a booster kind of thing i never wanted to do those yeah because i thought um i don't know I just thought it did weird things to people when I looked up uh, at them. And then uh, and then there's a crash involved. Weirdly, no crash with uh, MagicMind.co. You go to MagicMind.co. Let me get the business out of the way. MagicMind.co. Use the promo code PWP20. That's Play With Pain 20. PWP20. Because uh, this stuff, no caffeine, uh, all natural, organic, smooth as silk. Doesn't give me a buzz. Lets me focus. And I get, uh, I get like, um, like, a, like a nice base of energy. I don't get like, like, hey, let's solve world peace. Not gonna happen. I just want to knock off some things on my to do list. <laughs> this stuff kind of helps me do that. Uh, I really like it. If you look, if you're in the market, uh, and Andy, you just said you were in the market. Maybe I you am. Know what? I I'll, need I'll as much you. energy as humanly possible. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, give it a whirl. There's uh, no weird buzz. 
It's the California uh, I voted sticker of energy <laughs> boosters. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to dive in a sec. But first, Chet, uh, do you have an update? Do I have an update? Does Mike Leach have something caught in his throat? Of course I have an update. Time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Namaste To Go. Meditate fast at Namaste To Go. NFL, the Jets, like a pole watcher in Arizona with a sidearm and a neck gaiter. They just keep coming at you. Oh, man. Uh, as a Detroit made the Packers look like Detroit. The Jets, like a... Oh, let's see. I did them already. At least I know uh, what Aaron Rodgers feels like taking ayahuasca Andy because uh, I threw up watching the pack Vikings so far ahead in the NFC Central they're hidden by the curvature of the earth and unless Brett Favre returns to pay off some swindling debts Seattle's Geno Smith should win comeback player of the year that wrap up sponsored by brochure brochures by guys Four guys. That's brochure. College football. Georgia thumped Tennessee like Phil Collins testing a new floor time. TCU winning the DiCaprio way. Just score, baby. That wrap-up sponsored by the Red Herring. A great place for seafood. Or is it? America's pastime. No, not frantically copying off your spouse's election ballot. Baseball. Houston wins the World Series for now. World Cup starts in a week to honor the holiday season, Andy. The red card is going to have a little wreath on it. That'll be nice. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 2017, the place, Nazare, Portugal. Brazilian surfer Rodrigo Cozca rides the biggest wave ever, 24.4 meters. Tip of the cap to the fella out there with him who had to measure the wave. That's a hard job. The Waterhouse Update sponsored by Lame That Tune. Great rock songs rearranged just for your mall. Now back to Jeff and a man who's named after the fact that potato skins are a diet staple. Andy Staples. Wow. Thank you, Chet. That was was amazing. That was powerful. It, it was the red. The red herring is my favorite. <laughs> so, uh, we should uh, start that. that. That could kill. I think oh, yeah. the red herring. Quite literally. All right, let's dive into college football. There's plenty of uh, there's plenty of action at the top, and you get you're going to get that analyzed so many other places, so many mundane places. Uh, but let's tackle the crap. The the coaches and teams that are just scrambling to like make the Duke's Mayo Bowl and get those 15 extra practices. And of course, uh, we may as well start in the Big Ten West, um, which is, it's the pinnacle of mediocrity this year right now. Oh, yeah. These are the teams that are, these are the coaches that are really doing a hell of a job, that are really actually teaching like takeaway and values and intangibles because they're just you know they, well, they got, aren't they aren't teaching how to how to throw fifty five no. yard passes. They're, they're well, certainly not teaching that. You can't teach that, from what I hear. Either a kid has it or he doesn't. 
So, well, it is, it is amazing. And I, I think I know where we're going with this. I think we're headed to Madison, Wisconsin, where we, we might be eventually, but even I'm not stupid enough to think you're going to lead with that, but go ahead. No, I'm happy to. I listen, the, I, I'm fascinated by all this interim coach stuff. I watched Carnell yeah. Williams in his first game as interim coach at Auburn against Mississippi State and was ready to run through a wall for him. They almost came back in their, you know, greatest comeback in school history, but they lost in overtime. But Jim Leonard's doing a good job at Wisconsin. And I I thought when they fired Paul Christ that the reason they fired him as early as, early as they did and as, as surprising as that was the timing of that, because Wisconsin doesn't do anything drastic ever. They're very, no. you know, buttoned up kind of people. Well, these are people who go out and sit in an ice, ice fishing shed for eight hours. Before exactly. Even, before they even bait a hook. Right. So whoa, they take the time. Whoa, whoa, partner. Whoa, partner. <laughs> Moving fast. We got to We got to drink a couple spotted cows before we do that. So exactly. So they did this, I think, to give Jim Leonard, you know, son of Wisconsin, former walk on former great player, very good defensive coordinator the last few years to give him a chance to say, look, I can do this job on a permanent basis. And I think that's I think that's what we're going to see is they're going to keep playing well and. We're at the end of the season. They're going to say we've done a nationwide search, and the new coach is the guy who's right there now. Right, right. How do you keep a team motivated? Leonard has weirdly almost an advantage over the rest of the division because uh, fate handed them a chip that they could wear on their shoulder, which was we got our coach fired. Now we're going to, as you say, run through a wall for the new guy. Uh, if you're you know, PJ Fleck, if you're Kirk Ferentz, if you're any of these guys, how do you keep a team like this generated and motivated to play? I The Ferentz thing's interesting because I, I thought they were pretty much done at one point, but like they had that offensive explosion against Purdue where they looked almost competent. 24 almost. points. <laughs> yeah. And so... <laughs> Uh, you know, because that that team, that Iowa team, I've been fascinated by this all season. I've seen teams like this before. And inevitably, you get friction between the defense and the offense when the defense is that good and the offense is that bad. Yeah. But I, I think they've done a pretty good job of holding those guys together. Now, you knew they were going to be OK when they played Northwestern. Like you knew they were going to win that game. And then the game against Purdue looked more like what I, I think Kirk Ferentz envisioned this season would look like. Like they uh -huh. would play competent offense, great defense, and and that would that would get them through. But the problem is against Wisconsin, they're gonna have to do more than that. And and the history of this series tells us it's gonna be very low scoring, very close. Yeah. And you know, we'll just have to see what happens. But this is this is one where you know if Wisconsin can take some advantage of how inept Iowa usually is on offense. And I think Jim Leonard will have a good plan for them. Then I think Wisconsin should be able to to deal with some short fields. And as good as Iowa's defense is, you're still gonna you're still gonna yeah. give up points if if the other team's taken over right at the 50 just about every time. Yeah, how about something hits a goalpost and bounces in once in a while? That's how I this saw, game's getting won. I've seen one of those uh, this Recently, season. I haven't. Now, can they fire the kid, Kirk Ferentz's kid? Uh, how do you move off of that or around it or co-offensive coordinator? Because they need something else in there, even yeah. just a different person. I don't so think. So he's, he's said he's personal. not doing anything mid-season. 
My question is, can he do it off season? He's going to yeah. have to do it. It's been done before. Like Al Groh fired his son, Mike at Virginia. When, when Mike was the coordinator, Bobby Bowden fired his son, uh, Jeff, when, when Jeff was the offensive coordinator at Florida state. And so it's, it's not the first time that's ever happened, but can Kirk do it is the question. Or would Kirk yeah. rather say, you know what? I've had a good run. I'm not firing my son. I'm going right. to go off into the sunset here. Now he doesn't even have to do that. His buyout is approximately $7 billion. So like Jimbo Fishers might be the only one higher. I'm, I'm kidding slightly, but I, I really, wow. if I remember correctly, it's around $40 million. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a lot of corn. That he ain't going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going anywhere if he doesn't want to. But it may be that he's under so much pressure to fire his son that he says, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm retiring. I could see that. I, I would have a hard time. Like, if it was my son, I would have a very hard time firing him. And suddenly, maybe Frank Reich uh, has a job. There you go. <laughs> that I would think, be. I, I think, think Doug Peters. I think Doug Peterson's got a seat warm for Frank Reich in Jacksonville. He's probably already in Jacksonville, for all you we know. Think so. Uh, well, speaking of coaching movements, let, let's dive into that because that has created a lot of the swamp that we're going to swim in this entire time. First of all. You, you know, even Donald Trump didn't name Donald Jr. like Secretary of State. He just no. He gave him a lower job. Then he gave, he gave Ivanka's husband a, a decent job. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He did. He kind of went around the corner, but that way, if he dumps him, he's not dumping a Trump. So, uh, uh, Bobby, you know, Bobby Petrino did that at Louisville. Two two sons in law were on the staff at Louisville. Essentially, uh, assistant coaching jobs were dowries. <laughs> So there's just a donkey riding up with a crate full of money. That's right. I have I have three goats and a defensive tackles job. So uh, <laughs> the South Florida guy's gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Scott. Yep. Not Probably. sure he was there long enough for me to. Probably remember headed his back name. to Clemson to run the offense again, which they need because they got just uh, bitch slapped last week. I was I not pretty. No. Uh, yeah, which was kind of weird. Notre Dame seemed to be on that usual Notre Dame kind of let's let's just mosey downhill for a little while and see if we can keep our balance. Then we'll stabilize for USC. Uh, and, and he kind of snapped him out of there. You got to give Freeman a hand there. He kind of pulled him out of it. They have looked like a different team the last two weeks. Syracuse and Clemson, those games did not look anything like the first few weeks. No. Uh, They're they running the ball up the middle effectively. And Drew Pine has taken some steps forward as the QB. I think they had a plan for what their offense was going to look like with Tyler Buckner running it. And Tyler Buckner gets hurt very early in the season. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, now, now we have this different guy who has a very different skill set. How are we going to handle that? And I think it took them a while to figure out what, what they should be. Yeah. Maybe they figured that out. Maybe not. Co- hey, guys, uh, that portion of the broadcast sponsored by uh, Porn on the Cob, Iowa's number one adult store. Hey, I want you guys to talk about that leech guy. Uh, actually, good point. Um, I, I think Mike Leach, who's at Mississippi State now, everywhere he goes, he does really well, generally speaking. Correct. Uh, so clearly a great football coach. Uh, he's He's a bit like Bobby Knight. Without the uh, welling rage, he seems to have less anger, and uh, he still has snark, 
but there's a sense of humor, something that mellows it out when a guy right there, there's there's there is the snark without the threat of a physical altercation. Yes, which uh, which is the subtitle of my own stand-up career is because <laughs> I'm not I'm not busting anybody physically. I don't know how to do it. I haven't even thumb wrestled in my life. So well, so I mean, crowd work really should not involve actually beating the members of the crowd. I, I think there's right. probably not a sustainable business model. No, uh, and uh, proven uh, very recently by several very public events that uh, people who are there for a laugh tend to go, oh, that's not a laugh. And then they leave and then your business model shut. So is Leach, is Leach, is he at his final destination? And will this be a place he can break through or is the SEC West not the place to do it? So historically, if you look at Leach's career, his three head coaching stops, you got Texas Tech, you've got Washington State, you've got Mississippi State. They're all essentially the same job in their within their league. Like Mississippi State has better athletes than either of the other two places, but it's degrees of scale. So right. they're all kind of the re- the remote outpost that's the one of the tougher places to win. And of course he overachieves there. The the question is. Will anybody hire him at a place where you can get the level of player mm. where you can compete for the SEC title, which means you could compete for the national title? And you can get some of those players at Mississippi State. You just can't get a whole team of them like you can at Georgia or Alabama or right. Florida, LSU, Auburn, all of those places. Tennessee is one of those places. And remember, the Tennessee athletic director was in Marina Del Rey, California, talking to Mike Leach about the Tennessee job when he was basically told to come home and get fired. And then they went and hired Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> well, I hope they paid for that flight at the very least. Tennessee well, seems to have the money. Yeah, they they definitely did. And now the, the that's AD the black time said, as said opposed to the so red they had, There was no Wi-Fi on the flight out to California, and that's why he couldn't inform the chancellor that. Oh, by the way, I'm going to interview Mike Leach after wow. we've had some some other more high profile wow dalliances with coaches this week. What a mess. So you got Paul Chris sitting on the sidelines who might pop up and equally 56-year-old Lance Leipold rejuvenating his career at Kansas. Mm-hmm. And his probably, career never went anywhere. He had six right, national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. That's true. And then did well at uh, Buffalo. Yep. Uh, so uh, rejuvenation, the wrong word. Uh, just higher visibility. Yeah. Uh, and then Leach, who's probably in the roughly the same age range. Mm-hmm. So you got guys hitting that. One of them's out, although I'm sure Chris will pop up. Uh, Leipold is saying, eh, maybe I'm done. Maybe Kansas is where I'll ride this out. And Leach looks like a guy who might step off into another gig. Where's Chris going to land? Is he going to land? I would see him as a as an OC somewhere in the Big Ten. Like, wow. what what if Kirk Ferentz wanted to replace Brian Ferentz with someone he trusted and someone who could run an offense that that looks similar to what Iowa wants to run? Whoa! And then Kirk leaves, and Frank Reich's got the job. There you know. go. You are really, really. Are you Frank Reich's agent? I am that trying is. to find Frank Reich work because he was unjustly. Uh, well, see, I, I grew up a I Dolphins feel. fan. And I feel like every time I saw Frank Reich playing for the Bills, he was beating the Dolphins. Because I'd be like, oh, Jim wow. Kelly's out, so the Dolphins might win today. Nope. They didn't. Yeah. 
<laughs> he is one of those guys who probably should have gotten more recognition as a upper tier QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- nowadays, probably not because he didn't have great mobility. But back then, if you weren't Marino, you know, or yeah. or uh, Theisman, or you know, uh, Joe well, Montana, you, couldn't, you, couldn't you were not like considered a now. great quarterback. Yeah, and yet Reich and Dan Pastorini and guys like that could sling it, man. Right, Reich would have been hard to hold on to for the Bills in this era. Like he'd have yeah. a, a few of those great games where he where he replaced Jim Kelly, and everybody'd be trying to trade for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's especially teams that need someone now, like the Colts. You, you get yeah, that's the perfect. <laughs> it just all comes full circle, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. If only if only twenty eight year old Frank Wright could play for the Colts right now, right now, <laughs> he would. He could. He yeah. If he could time travel, he would be fired and hired in a heartbeat. It'd <laughs> be great. You're fired. <laughs> Jeff Saturday's the new coach. Also, the GM wants to talk to your twenty eight year old self. Oh my god, that'd be great. Uh, do you care about uh, the the resurgence in uh, brand names? Like uh, Penn State, Miami, Texas, USC, uh, or 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 the uh, uh, demographic that feels there's a need for that. I don't. I'm. I, I just think they're older brands. It's great if they can rejuvenate. That's fantastic. Um, but if they don't, I you know I think that's in like guys like you and me. That's in our heads. You know. We remember yeah, sport, Penn State as a glorious program, you know. Yeah, the sport's going to move on whether they're good or not. Right. And Great the, way and, to the, put it. and players who grow up now will grow up, you know, cuz if like when I was growing up, I I grew up in Florida. Miami, Florida State and Florida were all great when I was in right. high school. Like they were all nationally elite. And so you thought these guys will always be good. So part of me wants to see Florida State Miami being good at the same time as Florida being good because that's what it was like during some of the most fun times of my life. But you're right. A kid now grows up going, I want to play at Alabama. I want to play at Georgia. I want to play at Ohio State. Now, granted, all of those are very big brand names too, but they also – they also may say, I want to play at Oregon. I want to wear those uniforms. Right. And that's fine. Like, it's perfectly fine. If Arizona State makes the greatest hire ever and suddenly becomes an elite program. Yeah. Great. Like, right. there's always room for more. But I do think because, you know, a lot of these places have money, you know, Miami is just starting to spend like these other places. So we'll see if that winds up bearing fruit or not. But I think there's a better chance that, say, a Texas or a Miami comes back than, say, an Arizona State steps forward. Comes up, right. The, yeah. the last, you think about it, the last program we saw that really jumped into that level was Clemson. You know, Clemson yeah. won a national title in 1981, but then was, was kind of above average to mediocre, depending right. on the year, un- until Dabo got the job and turned it into what it is now. It's hard to do that. It is really hard to turn a program into something like that. So 
I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited that there's going to be a chance with this 12 team playoff for right. more programs to kind of move around at, you know, you're going to see more teams cycling through and, and cycling through the playoff race. And we're going to talk about more right. as the year goes on. And I think that will provide some opportunities for some of these places that haven't necessarily had them before. And like Penn State, Wisconsin are great examples of that. If there had been a 12 team playoff, they would have made it three, four times by now. Right, right. If it if, if it had started if a 12 team playoff had started in 2014 instead of a 14 playoff, I think Penn State, Wisconsin, Florida, all, all those teams would have made it multiple times. I don't know if that makes things different now. I don't know if it puts them in a different class or a different level. I don't. Well, you know, I still, yeah, I don't think in, it puts them on Georgia and Alabama's level necessarily. No, but in terms of branding, it kind of does. Can't if hurt. You can yeah. keep getting that name out there. We made the playoffs. We made the playoffs. We made the playoffs. That shoves you up probably only half a level, but it gives you the traction yeah. to get the one or two players. Well, you like and like in Mississippi the State, they would have made it once. Yeah. You know, and Ole Miss would have made it twice. Yeah. Like that's that's a that yeah. puts you on a different plane. It feels like so. I I'll be interested to see what what happens when that starts. And we we don't yet know. We think it's going to be 2024. They're they're working out the logistics of it right now. Right. But I I think we will find that we are talking about a bunch of different this time of the year because as we're recording this, we're a few hours away from the the playoff rankings being released. So when those are released, we'll probably talk about eight nine teams. Yeah. Right. And this, and time, I, this yeah. time, two years from now, we might be talking about 30. Yeah, you got to hand it to Oregon. Tremendous rebuild. You get with, you know, uh, just burning money, just shoveling it into a coal train. But they it, but did not it. really. It's not. Everybody thinks that Phil Knight just writes a check for everything. Like Oregon doesn't have the kind of money that old line SEC and Big Ten schools do. Not you even don't close. think so. I know so. Wow. <laughs> like I, I deal with these people all the time and. Like Rob Mullins, the the AD at Oregon, he he thanks me when I when I interview him on the radio, and I say, hey, you know, just as a public service announcement, you want to remind your fans that that they still need to donate money because Phil Knight doesn't write a check for everything. He's like, yes, right. please, I will I will be happy to to talk about that. Okay, we're in it. Let's talk a little Pac-12. Uh, are they they're as close as they've ever been to possibly nudging someone? into the playoff and that would most probably be Oregon or USC. People are already saying UCLA might have too many bodies to climb over, even if they do great work the rest of the way. Um, Can they do it? Or is this a a conference that's sort of, you know, bursting at the seams, going other places, can't find a TV contract that will keep everybody home. Well, I think they're going to find a TV contract. I I just, I don't, you know, it's not going to bring UCLA and USC back. They're going to the Big Ten. But Oregon, USC, and UCLA are all still in position to make the playoff. They, they, they can do it. If it's Oregon, if, if Oregon wins out as 12-1 and one as the Pac-12 champ, there, there's a problem probably if you're looking at Oregon compared to Tennessee and you go, well, they both played Georgia and one got absolutely destroyed and one got sort of destroyed – but the one that got sort of destroyed also has better wins than the one that got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And but, and so yeah. there, there's a problem with that. USC, if they can win out, then they'll they'll have to beat UCLA still. They'll have to beat Notre Dame. Right. 
they'll have to beat Oregon probably in the in the Pac-12 championship game. They they have one loss, narrow loss at Utah, tough place to play. I think they would they would have a shot. But the problem is I think they are the least likely of the three to actually finish as they the 12 and 1 yeah. conference champ cuz I don't I think they're going to UCLA is built in a way that is going to really be tough on USC's defense. Like USC is going to have to score and score and score to keep pace. Oregon is a, is going to be a tough matchup for USC. And I don't know about Notre Dame. We'll we'll see. But then, yeah. then UCLA, you know, they could avenge the one loss they have cuz let's say they wind up playing Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. But Yeah. They also got crushed by Oregon the first time. Maybe they get crushed by him again. Can't we devalue to some extent these early season games? I mean, these are teams not not with a fourteen playoff. We can with yeah. the twelve, but the the problem is it all counts. And and yes, like you can make some really valid points by saying that was the first game under a first time head coach in Dan Lanning, mm-hmm. who, by the way, was the defensive coordinator at Georgia last year, so they know everything he does. Right. Now, granted, he knows everything they do, too. But but you can say, you know, look, at I go back to like, you remember Chip Kelly's first game as Oregon's head coach? I don't. That Boise State game game where the the Oregon player punched the Boise State player after the game. Oh, yeah. Oregon couldn't move the ball at all. Like the offense looked terrible. Right. And the Oregon fans are like, what have we done? What have we gotten ourselves into? And, And Chip Kelly ended up writing a check. To, to pay off like an Oregon fan's trip to Boise for the game because he complained about it so much. Oregon didn't lose again that regular season. They won the yeah. conference that year. Like, and, and so that, that sort of thing happens over the course of a season. The, the problem is with a 14 playoff, there's you not a lot of, yeah. but, but, and here's the part that bothers me about this and why I'm glad it's changing. If Oregon had scheduled Cincinnati and beaten them, They'd be just fine. Now, Cincinnati's a good team, too. Right. Oregon could have scheduled Utah State and beaten them, and they'd right. be in a better spot than they are now. And Yeah, any- that, that, that's got to be revamped. Exactly. And it has exactly. So I think in the new system, it won't, like, the loss to Georgia won't matter. Like, Oregon, if they're the 12-1 and Pac-12 champ, is making the playoff. Probably right. making it as, like, the 6 or 7 seed. Yeah. Or the 5 right. seed, maybe. So... That's okay. I mean, I want that to be the case. And I think if you look at some of the schedules that are that are already made, like if you look at Georgia's future schedules, they were already scheduling for an expanded playoff even before the playoff expanded. Really, they've got they've got seasons where they're playing Clemson, where they're, they're you know they they were going to play right. Oklahoma even before Oklahoma was joining the SEC. Uh, they're going to play Texas even before Texas was joining the SEC. So they are they are like let's go let's let's go play anybody because. Right. They know with a 12-team playoff, they can lose two and maybe even three and still make it. Yeah, right. So who's your uh, highfalutin friends that you have to go to talk to, uh, Andy Staples, and twist their arms to make sure this happens sooner than later? I don't think I have to tell anybody that. I don't think I have to twist You're anybody's really, arms. They're ready. I think, what, I think what happened was, so they they put out this proposal for a 12-team playoff, and then the alliance formed, the alliance between the ACC, the Big oh, Ten, Jesus. and the Pac-12, where they said, because oh, this also happened right at the same time Oklahoma and Texas said they were leaving for the SEC. Yeah, and so like there's a- all this intrigue, like, oh, what, what's the ulterior motive? Well, 
And and so the ACC and the Pac-12 working hard to put the brakes on this thing. We can't just rubber stamp this. Yeah. Well, it turns out the alliance was the Big Ten duping the ACC and the Pac-12 into yeah. delaying the playoff expansion until the Big Ten could get its new pl- new TV deal done. Wow. Playing That's them for fools. Cold, cold yeah. shit there. Oh, that and oh, cold. and by the way, we're going to steal UCLA and USC from the, the right. Pac-12 at the same time. So wow. that's all that was. After all that, the university presidents who were in charge of the college football playoff got together. They were having meetings amongst themselves. They weren't even talking to their athletic directors about it. They were like, this is idiotic. They want to give us how much for this new playoff? Like triple our money? Yeah. It might actually be quadruple in the next contract. Like, what what are we doing here? And so they vote, and they're like, yeah, we'll do the twelve team. And they bring in the the conference commissioners and the athletic directors. Like, hey, idiots, stop messing around, stop leaving money on the yeah. table, and get this done. It is such a huge business. It's just amazing. Hey guys, that one's sponsored by Sticky Buns, the breakfast joint with funny waitresses. That's Sticky Buns. I'm sure Andy's probably popped into one of those. Hey, uh, uh. So uh, let's, um, all right, we kind of tied up college football well enough for me, uh, you know, as a comedian. Uh, now, uh, although, let's dive into this. Uh, I would wager you have a rule or two that you would like to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, my least favorite rule just happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was illegal procedure on a field goal attempt. Okay. The field goal went wide. It was no good. Yes. But because it was illegal procedure, which is essentially a whistle before the play. Oh, it was a false they start. Got, so it wasn't an illegal procedure. Like an illegal procedure is a drop the flag, let the play continue. You should be able to decline the penalty. That was not. So it may have been a false start. I don't know what yeah. it was. They threw it and they, they did that. Yeah. And they moved it yeah, back that's a, five That's yards. a false start. Yeah. So, all right. False start. So they move it back five yards. And then the field goal is good. The defense should have the option on any any offensive infraction mm-hmm. on a field goal attempt. Uh, defense should have an option. I, I don't think you can change that because a, a false start is always a dead ball foul, so the play never actually happened. Well, it, I would change the, it. The on person, this. the the referees are trained. The officials are trained as soon as they see the false start to drop the flag and start blowing the whistle. So once that whistle starts blowing. Maybe that's what messed up the snap or you know caused the kicker to. So, but I have a I have one for you that I right. need because it's and and, and and if before you go, mine is yep. still very valid, and I will fight for it with the okay. New, you you, uh, you fight fight as hard as you with can. The rules committee headed by hopefully Barry Alvarez, then I'll have a chance. <laughs> I think you might. I I mean Barry's Barry's still got his hands in a lot of pies, so he does. Uh, so we know what the rule is in the NFL. You dive and you catch a ball and nobody's around you. You can get up and run with it. Right. In college, if you dive and you catch a, and you catch a ball and there's nobody within 10 yards of you, you're down. Like, let the person get up and run. That's a good we're one, all, too. We're like all that. adults here. We can all vote. Like, we can all we, get our fancy I voted stickers. Yeah. Let's go. We didn't pay to see them dive, catch it, and then hand it to the ref. Right. Get up, run, get a few yards. Sure, why not? Because all the per- all the defender is going to do is touch him if he's down. He's not going to just spear him. Yeah, right. It turns into flag football at that point. But yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. I wish there was a way to make kickoffs relevant again, and not just in bad weather. 
I understand the injury I, I, I concern. Have, I have a way. And Go. and I actually, Greg Schiano, I I did a story where I interviewed him about this because he had a player who who was paralyzed covering a right. kickoff years ago. This was when, when Schiano was back at was at Rutgers the first time. And he said the kickoff should be eliminated, which especially in college where now you can fair catch it anywhere inside the 25 and it goes to the 25. If, if we're going to do that, if somebody scores, just, just say you can have the ball on the 25 because we're never going to see another kickoff return for a touchdown. So just let's yeah. stop with that. But instead of the onside kick, which is a more dangerous play than, than the kickoff, yeah, you say we're going to play offense from the 35 – and you you use the analytics to figure out whatever what was the the success rate of an onside kick, whatever the percentage success rate is, and then you match the correlating fourth down and whatever distance to that. Let's say you succeed on those things nineteen percent of the time, so you find the fourth down and and, and whatever distance that you succeed on nineteen percent of the time. Maybe that's fourth and fifteen, and so you get the ball to thirty five, and if the what? offense gets the ball to the 50, it gets to keep it. If it doesn't, the defense gets the ball, or the other team gets the ball wherever it is. That's better than an onside kick. It's more exciting because it's actual football. All right, so so it's taking me this long to digest way too much math for me. But what you're saying is instead of an onside kick from the 35. It's fourth and 15 from the 35. You send your offense out. Or... You kick deep. No, you don't have to kick at all. Now, you if you want to kick, kick if you want to kick, there, there's a way to do that too. Just you punt. have put entirely too much thought into this. Oh, no, I've written, I've written multiple columns on this. Uh, instead of a <laughs> kickoff, you just do a punt. <laughs> Your covering doctorate a punt, was on this. <laughs> yeah, covering a punt is safer than covering a kickoff because you don't have people with a 40-yard running start hitting each other. Like they, right, they right. shadow each other down the field. And, and actually, from a football standpoint from a you know actually playing football you can run a fake punt you can also just run a play when you're punting so that makes right. that onside kick less that my onside kick thing less weird like right. that makes it just a natural part of the game at that point i like it for a uh, new nc well ncaa probably doesn't have enough power for you anymore <laughs> no. new commissioner of the alliance let's call it that the alliance <laughs> All right, what what do coaches give you the best bites? We've been talking Mike Leach. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to go insane, you go Mike Gundy because he's always going to give you something. Well, especially Mike Gundy does not care anymore. Like He knows he's going to be at Oklahoma State the rest of his life. <laughs> he's not flirting with other jobs really anymore because he's done it so many times and gotten so many right. raises. He, I mean, he's great because he just says whatever is on his mind. And Who out there? Matter. Are there young coaches doing that, or are they too um, conscious of branding, social media, everything else? Or think, are there some guys who are firing right from their hip? I think most of them are too buttoned up, but I do think Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri has some potential. Now, well, he's I, got a program too that's sort of allowing him to do it because they flirted with uh, consistent respectability for a while. Yeah. Then dove off a cliff. Yeah. You know, and so he's coming back with all of that and a sense Mm -hmm. of humor. So it's almost a tool for him to help bring. Yeah. I mean, that's the one where he got mad at Dan Mullen because they they had a little tete-a-tete at their game at Florida in 2020. 
and there was like a, there was almost a fight going into halftime, and then Dan Mullen comes out in, in the Darth Vader mask in the post game interview because it was it was Halloween that day, so but that made Eli Drinkwitz mad, and so when he beat Dan Mullen the year after that, which also was the game that Dan Mullen got fired after, uh, he I believe what he said in the press conference was. Uh, you sow jackass, you reap jackass, which I thought was a pretty good line. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Yeah. Drinkwitz. I like it. Um, all right. What what uh we gotta wrap it up pretty soon. What food do you avoid on the road? Because you are a connoisseur, I would say, of what I would call road food. Yeah. You know, you oh, like boy. the fast food, not just fast food. The good but quicker sit-down places, the Shonies of the world, uh, the Culvers of the world. That's right. The Furs Cafeteria, which is a horrible name for. We didn't have. We never had uh, that. Never had the. That furs. was uh, Morrison's and then Piccadilly in the South. Oh, Piccadilly! But, but great. Same same concept. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you avoid, he, especially if you're working? If you go, man, I got to go talk to people. I can't afford I, to eat. The 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 thought of putting a chili putting chili onto a dog or a burger right before a work event or right before a long drive. I think those are the those are the times. So like right. if you're in western Pennsylvania and you're you're at Sheets and you're you're at the kiosk and you're ordering your stuff, it will ask you, Oh, you you're ordering a hot dog. I see. Would you like chili? And you're like, sure I'd like chili. <laughs> Would you like cheddar cheese? Oh, of course. Yeah, at this point. Would you like jalapenos? Well, it's 2.30 in the morning, but hell yeah, let's go. Sure, I'm, I'm driving. So I'm that, up. I'd say avoid that. That right will before, kill you. Right before a work situation. Saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a travel situation. Uh, very similar. Uh, and, and what What's the best Andy Staples uh, travel tip? I would say we've probably done this once or twice before, so I'd say not flying. Driving might be a good arena Especially with mm-hmm. the holidays coming up, people are going to be driving. What's the best Andy Staples driving travel tip? You're probably going to want to get the bucket size drink, the 44 ounce or the 64 ounce. It will come back to bite you in the ass because wow. in about an hour, you're going to have to pee so bad. Your bladder is going to be on the point, you know, right, right at the point of explosion. And you're going to have to stop again. But when you stop again, you're going to see that fountain machine. Yeah. And you're going to be like, oh, I could do another vanilla Coke Zero, 44 ouncer. Yeah. Just let me I'm refill. Here. Oh, my God. It's a and vicious then, cycle. Yeah. Do not ride that roller coaster. No, stay off it. I like it. Stay off that, especially because we get lulled into a false sense of security that has crept further and further out from our urban areas and into our suburban areas where you go, there will always be a Starbucks. And, uh, you know, Krispy Kreme. Oh, there's not always a Starbucks. No, then you get into like Western Wisconsin or Alabama and you go, there is nothing out here. The folks who drive (laughs) through Georgia on a frequent basis know there is a Starbucks at exit 62 in Tifton on I-75. And you are going a solid 150 miles before the next Starbucks you see. Wow. You'll be in Metro Atlanta before you find another Starbucks. You might have an app. I don't think anybody's done this yet. You might, uh, Andy Stables, get yourself some kid who knows that crap 
and designed the Andy Staples True Travel Tips, the Triple That's, T's. This it'll it'll keep me off the podcast hamster wheel too. <laughs> and that hey. That's what we're all looking for. Hey, guys, that one's sponsored by Zigzag Zip Cream. Your zits will never see it coming. Serpentine with Zigzag Zip Cream. All right, uh, my guest today, the amazing Andy Staples. Uh, Wait, follow when him I, on when Twitter. I found that app, by the way, I am hiring Chet to, to read the ads. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Get your coffee now! <laughs> uh, at Andy Staples on Twitter. Uh, where else? Uh, tell us uh, where the podcasts so are and, yep, and where at, you are and radio and all yep, that stuff. Yep, at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Andy Staples Show podcast, you can find that anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify. Uh, it's also on YouTube. Uh, I do shows on Sirius XM and I write at The Athletic. So, uh, man, anywhere. you are just, how do you get out? I don't. I, I'm I'm a shut in essentially, except well, gas stations. I go to gas stations. <laughs> well, somebody has to, and the great Andy Staples has volunteered for it. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. My album, What Was I Thinking, streaming everywhere. Uh, check it out. It's also up on on the uh, the comedy channels on uh, Sirius XM. So if you're listening to those, uh, I might pop up there. Uh, check the website. I'm hoping to get out on the road, do some dates. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. As you can see, we're having a blast here. Um, thanks to uh, MagicMind.co. Uh, go get go try a little Magic Mind. It's a little jar like that, all natural, all good for you. Promo code PWP20, PWP20 will get you like 30, 40% off your first order. And it's, it's, it's good stuff. You like it. Uh, okay. Uh, Andy, thanks a ton for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You squeezed me in between nine of your other obligations. Chet, are you doing anything this weekend? I'll be in yellow snow, New Mexico, calling the dogless sled races for watchout.com. One rule. Pull that sled with any animals but dogs. Warning, cats run the risk of frostbite. Sponsored by Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.